Good morning. I'm Frank Powers, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, the program where I speak to our neighbors, the people behind the scenes of our amazing organizations, small businesses, and nonprofits. Our friends are informing you how they serve our community, and they are here to give you updates on future projects. So let's make some new friends today. Real quick about me, your humble host, I have lived in Tucson for almost 15 years, but I grew up on Long Island for over 25 years. You can tell I'm an authentic New Yorker because you grew up on Long Island, not in Long Island. And Long Island is famous for its suburbs. In fact, it's kind of the birthplace of the suburbs when William Levitt built Levittown. My dad grew up in Levittown, New York, because Levitt revolutionized home building. Creating Levittown made the dream of owning a home a real possibility for thousands of middle-class American families. Owning a home defined the American dream, but Levitt was also responsible for something else at the time, segregation. After World War II, with the help of the GI Bill, veterans could purchase a home filled with appliances for very affordable down payments, unless they were black. In all of Levitt's communities in various states and several Levittowns, Levitt enforced policies designed to keep blacks from buying homes. Levitt allowed his upscale Strathmore community on Long Island to keep out people of Jewish descent. Famously, Clause 25 of the housing agreement forbade houses from, quote, being used or occupied by any person other than members of the Caucasian race. That would be in the deeds and the leases of homes. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that racially restrictive rules violated the 14th Amendment. Although anti-black causes could no longer be utilized in contracts starting in 1948, Levitt continued to fight against racially integrating his own towns. Southwest Fair Housing Council is dedicated to eliminating housing discrimination and assisting victims of housing discrimination in exercising their rights. The Fair Housing Act protects people from adverse treatment in any housing transaction based upon seven protected classes, race, color, national origin, religion, sex, disability, and familial status. Depending on where you reside in Arizona, you may also be protected on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, ancestry, age, and marital status. Today, I'm fortunate enough to speak with Edith Martinez, Education and Outreach Specialist for Southwest Fair Housing Council. Welcome to Lifestyle Tucson, Edith. Thank you so much for having me, Frank, and for that lovely introduction. Um, it's always great to hear, um, you know, people from Leventown, and uh, knowing your, your history is really neat to to be able to talk to you and start this conversation. Well, it was interesting because I found that out like only a few years ago. I was watching a documentary and I saw that those those things were on leases of homes in the towns that I grew up in and around. I couldn't believe it like that. It's right there in the not even the fine print. It's a clause. So it was shocking to me that like that sort of discrimination could still be so prevalent on some of the homes that are still owned today. Yes, and you know those what we call them are racially racial uh, covenants, and those are actually in Tucson as well. Um, for uh, multiple reasons, it's hard to get rid of them, but everyone should ignore them. Yep. Uh, so it's it's just uh, really sad, and and that's why um, you know the work that we do is really important. Yeah, it's shocking to find that out, and you know, given that fact, I've given a little example. Why don't you tell me exactly what the Southwest Fair Housing Council does? Yes, yeah, so here at the Southwest Fair Housing Council, we work all around Arizona. We are a grant-funded nonprofit, and what that means is that 
whoever calls in or whoever is needing our services, uh, get our services for free. Uh, either if you're a tenant or a real estate agent or um, any uh, anyone that's really needing um, help understanding the Fair Housing Act, like you mentioned, we help them and also um, investigate properties to make sure that everyone is abiding by the federal fair housing protections. Someone needs to do that work, and people need help. They need help when people are trying to hold them down. So it's really important that people know about this great organization. The next question is right there. How can people really tell if they've been discriminated against? Yes, and I mean, um, it's really important work. And unfortunately, when we talk about discrimination, uh, it's not always obvious. Uh, Just like how you mentioned in Levintown, um, sometimes uh, people can really tell that they're being discriminated, and sometimes they can't. there's so many different signs, but some of the um, ones that I like to talk about is making housing unavailable to you uh, by setting different terms, conditions, or privileges uh, if of a dwelling or a home that you're uh, renting or a home that's uh, being sold to you. Uh, different um, ways that you can tell is if you're um, – the property manager states that you can't live here or you found you can't live here because you have a service animal uh, for your disability, and they say that they don't accept dogs. What we say in the Fair Housing Act is that anyone who has a service dog has a disability, those don't constitute pets. So that is uh, one way. Other ways is telling you that your kids can't play in the courtyard after five, um, that is um, oh, really, uh, that's like what the familial status protections uh, protect you against. Anyone should be able to live and play in the courtyard. What we say is address the behavior, not the person. Uh, and another example would be having specific instructions about not letting you cook. Uh, tamales or curry because it will stink up the place and oh. that example would be national origin yeah because that's it's specifically targeting yeah yeah that's just a personal attack it is a personal attack and unfortunately it's on a lot of leases here in arizona so we're those are just some examples there's so many other examples that i can uh, <laughs> tell you about but i wouldn't want to bore you too much about them well, I'll be honest with you, these, have, are the, um, these are the examples that are important because it makes it real. These are factual things that people are dealing with. These aren't, sometimes people with stuff like this, they like to think about, oh, well, if this happens, and then they exaggerate another extreme that's unheard of. No, these are real problems. There are actually Lisa saying you can't make it smell like the various foods that we know only certain nationalities are here to cook. Like that's or the majority of. That's insane. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have so many cases where it comes to um, one specific case. I can't really tell you where, but where there is this Hispanic woman who owns an apartment complex and would test, um, would just make sure that people came into her leasing office to make sure that they weren't Hispanic because she didn't want any Mexicans or any Latino people living there. Right. It's horrible. And, and that was, 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, that's just in one spot in Arizona, but there's so many different um, discriminations that happen, specifically in, um, or also I should say, in mobile home parks. Oh, really? Yeah, in different mobile home parks, that's where they um, tend to give different uh, rent amounts out to people if they're not Anglo or white. Or if they speak Spanish, then that's when they unfortunately report them to ICE if these people are not abiding by different um, different rental agreements that aren't given to people. So, for example, people that don't speak English need to mow the lawn or keep their, their um, home sparkly clean while it's not enforced and people that are English speaking. And there's so many different examples of that happening around Arizona. Yeah. And that's the the point of why we're here talking, because again, uh, it's enraging like that. You know, when I hear this sort of stuff, I get really angry because I only learned about this myself just a little while ago. And I couldn't believe it, you know, and I, you know, you have black friends and you have trans friends and they will tell you about microaggressions and they'll tell you about things that they deal with on a day to day life that are just normal, whether it's people shouting at them from a car, still just these minor little things that are just so, you know, hurtful little bits at a time. But these behind the scene things that are just affecting like where you're able to live, how you're able to live, how you're even able to express yourself where you live, because I know that I've seen stories where people don't or where various landlords try to stop you from hanging various flags, be flags of national origin or, you know, flags that have to do with the LGBTQ community. Yes, unfortunately, and it also happens with religion, um, where certain landlords don't want uh, the menorah out. Or um, if there's this one case where there was a funeral in, uh, of a Jewish family, and they weren't allowed to have certain um, religious objects out in their in their home. Oof. And they're in their or in home. In their hallways. Well. Wow. Yes. See, again, and that's what we're trying to fight, the unbalance that's going on and the problems that really exist when it comes to treating people equally. Equally is, of course, the point. And people need help. And organizations like yours are really helping. Again, I'm here talking with um again i'm here talking with edith from the southwest fair housing council and she's talking to us about how we are trying to help give people a real chance to get fair treatment when they're looking for places to live especially when they've been discriminated against how can one help uncover discrimination yeah so one of the main things that we do at our organization is investigation and what that means is we hire we have paid volunteers, and we're currently looking for paid volunteers to um, act as if they're part of the uh, federal fair housing protections, like the ones that you mentioned before, which, again, would be race, color, national origin, disability, religion, sex and gender, and familial status. So let me give you an example. So we get a call stating that a certain housing property is being discriminate, discriminatory towards, I'll just say, someone from the LGBTQ 
community, we're going to have one of our paid volunteers go out to the property. Well, two of, we're going to have two of our paid volunteers go out to the same um, property. One of them will be a, a straight man, and right. the other one will be a man that, um, that you know, is gay or identifies under the LGBT community. And we're going to be seeing how the property manager or the leasing office treats both men. Mm-hmm. If the straight male is being offered uh, uh, a sale, let's say, of uh, $100 off if you rent with them now, and this uh, man who identifies as being part of the LGBTQ community is being told to that no, uh, that there's no apartments for them, then that's an issue, and that's when we would start a complaint process in investigating this uh, property even more, making sure that there's no discrimination happening, and that we do this through HUD. And um, then, depending on how it goes, uh, this property might um, will have to stop but might have to take fair housing classes as well, which is always the the goal. Yes, we always want people to be fully educated about fair housing. We have free classes for um, anyone who's interested. Uh, They're online or in person. So we just really want, you know, this type of discrimination to stop. As as we should. Can I ask you if... Are there other places, almost like defensive driving, right? Are there other places and organizations that are renters that will perhaps take your classes to, to just almost as a badge of honor to, to post that, like, hey, we do this and we support this organization to let people know that this is a place that they can come rent from and they'll be treated fairly? Um, the hope is, well, we do have certain um, properties that do. Uh, it is implemented uh, for real estate agents to take our classes yearly Um, we do we don't really have like badges of honors because people should be doing you know the work to make sure that everyone's being treated equally right but we do um, we do want to make sure that everyone does it Um, yeah so but we do have um, you know, cities like Pima County is really good. The city of Tucson is really good with housing discrimination and making sure that the Federal Fair Housing Act is implemented. And we even have um, special protections such as age, um, also uh, ancestry and so many more, like marital status, that makes sure that people get um, that equal treatment even more than the federal uh, protections allow. Well, that's good. And I appreciate your work for doing that. So you were saying that you have uh, paid volunteers. So new members, how does a person become a member? How do they get involved? Yeah. So if you, you can be a paid volunteer by going on our website, www.swfhc.org. And it's a really simple process. We call you, um, currently it's $15 per hour as needed. 
So what we tell people is um, it's like a shoe money or it's just extra money to um, as a thank you for helping us out with a certain project. Um, we also have our classes listed there. So any, like I said, anyone can take our classes, even if you're um, not a real estate agent, if you're just interested in learning what your protections are, especially if you have a disability. It doesn't have to be a physical disability. It can be any type of disability. We have specific classes that talk about all of the different protections that you can get. That sounds great. So make sure you go check out that website, and we'll say it again at the bottom of the show. But it's swfhc.org. All right. So are there any upcoming events that you can talk to me about and how some people can come see what you're all about? Yes. So this month we are going to be attending the Black and Brown Health Fair event happening February 18th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're partnering with uh, the Pima County Health Department. And this fair is just for, um, for everyone just wanting to um, hear presentations about health and wellness and uh, educating them. I think there's going to be free vaccines there and uh, different, types of, different types of health screenings happening. And we will be there tabling, so we hope to see you there. And that will be at the Donna R. Liggins Community Rec Center. Sounds super important. I'm going to make a note of that so that we recap that at the end of the show so everyone knows where to go and how they can get help and get involved. We still have a good amount of time, so I want to ask you uh, kind of a question about what your goals are for the organization in 2023. We're post-pandemic now. We're really getting back out there in the world. What is the Southwest Fair Housing Council focused on this year? This year, we're just focused on getting as many people educated about fair housing. We also have a bunch of events coming up for Fair Housing Month, which is in April. Um, we're really just wanting to hit those people that don't know about our organization and uh, helping it, helping them out and people that have been discriminated against, just giving them that information they need uh, to be able to live um, live in their home without discrimination live better right yeah (laughs) expand on fair housing month real quick yeah so fair housing month was implemented in 1968 i believe it was um a few days after martin luther king jr passed away that there was a whole movement uh, centered around fair and equal housing So it passed April 4th of 1968. Uh, I might be wrong on the day, but it happened in April. So we're always wanting to commemorate um, the expansion of uh, the civil rights movement, including equal housing as part of that conversation. And um, we just really want to focus on the protections, making sure that everyone's aware of what, as I mentioned again, like what their protections are, making sure that people with disabilities um, get certain accommodations for their homes. If they're um, hard of hearing, get the resources they need 
to be able to live in their homes without having to struggle um, is the main focus of Fair Housing Month. Uh, we have posts on social media and uh, talking more about uh, certain accommodations. And um, we just really want to focus on educating the public during April. Yeah, so in April, we're just really wanting to focus on educating the public more about just how great civil rights are and especially just the protections that we have. Very important. And really, thank you for doing it because it's really such a big deal. And the biggest deal of all is, of course, uh, success. So let's end on a high note. Can you tell me a success story that your organization is just very, very proud of? Because, again, we've been talking about this stuff, and it's a heavy topic. And, again, I have friends that I know deal with this. So it's hard sometimes. And, again, I, you can hear that. I'm like, I get mad when you hear about this stuff because it's just so old and dated. You know, racial discrimination. Why? You know, like, just stop. Like, we're all people, and I hate to hear these things. So I'm, again, more intrigued and want to get involved and want to help. So tell me a nice positive success story about how you have helped people. Yeah, so a positive story. <laughs> not, I'm trying not to disclose that much information because right. I'm not sure if we're able to talk about it yet. But we have won a really big case on... Um, we uh, sued this property because they were. I'm just going to interject and tell a story on behalf of Edith, because the thing that she was telling me about uh, is actually something that we shouldn't be talking about publicly here on the radio. But uh, the fact is that discrimination doesn't just happen to people of various races and religions. Sometimes these uh, people that are renting these landlords, they will discriminate against people with just various handicaps and even simple handicaps. Just discriminating against people in wheelchairs, discriminating against people that are blind, discriminating against people that aren't even entirely blind, but just might need some help, they're facing discrimination as well. So it's not always just the color of someone's skin like you hear I was using an example of, uh, or religion that we also always hear about. It is just these simple things where it's just someone who was already handed, you know, who was already dealt a bad hand with something that is a slight disability, they don't need people in the neighborhood taking advantage of that or turning them away when they're just looking for a place to live. So now let's rejoin Edith as she was telling me that she did help some of these people. We can't give you the specifics, but it was a very good success story about how they're helping people who really do need help. And that includes people with disabilities and just, you know, some more of the downtrodden. Um, so we were able to um, win that, that lawsuit for just people wanting to, there wasn't a specific person we just um, heard about that discriminatory practice. So now that uh, property management is aware that it is discrimination, then they're not allowed to be able to do that anymore. So it was really, um, you know, one of our biggest success stories because it's astounding to me that people can be as hard as they are. So thank you for being an organization that is there to help people that really need help. Yeah, and, you know, it's really easy to be like discriminating uh, towards certain people, especially if it requires just a little more accommodations to have them have um, 
you know, the same equal treatment, unfortunately. So, I mean, we are really happy to have um, partnerships with uh, disability organizations, uh, different um, uh, organizations within our community, uh, like the University of Arizona and, um, and NAU and a bunch of other places that really believe in helping our organization out. And that's what really counts is the help. So where can people discover more info on Southwest Fair Housing Council? Give us all the websites and all the social medias that you want so people can find you. Yeah, of course. The website is www.s as in Sam. So it'd be swfhc.org. And then you can find us on Instagram at swfhc. And we have... Facebook as well as Southwest Fair Housing Council. There you are. Go like those pages and go hit follow because today we made friends with Edith Martinez, Education and Outreach Specialist of Southwest Fair Housing Council. Thank you for joining me today, Edith. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was Lifestyle Tucson. Let me once again thank Edith Martinez, Education and Outreach Specialist at Southwest Fair Housing Council. Let's do a bit of a recap so you can use this show like the tool that it is for you to get to know everything going on in your community and following up on all the great events and programs that our guests are speaking about. Remember, you can get more information about the Southwest Fair Housing Council at swfhc.org. That'll get you that information, right? Edith also brought up this gala that they're a part of, the Black and Brown Health Share event. So make sure you find out all about that event by looking it up. You've got the Fair Housing Month event. Look at whatever events are going on. Go Bing it. That's right. Go Bing Fair Housing Month so you can find out all there is there is to know about that. So make sure you follow all their social media that she also mentioned on Facebook and Instagram. And again, they are the Southwest Fair Housing Council. So that's easy to follow. Throw an at in front of it. And as far as things are concerned, you can throw an at in front of your best Frank forever. That's me, host of this whole thing. And I want to thank you again for listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For more information about our program or to listen to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page on klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or ESPN Tucson. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are forged. I'm your BFF, Frank Powers. Toot, toot, Tucson. I love you the most.